This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. My countrymen and my friends, I had hoped against hope that some miracle would prevent a devastating war and bring to an end the invasion. This most serious threat World Wrestling Federation has ever known. The long-term future sports entertainment could change forever. A succession of actual wars have shaken the entire world and have threatened to bring on the gigantic conflict, which is today unhappily a fact. Nation, welcome back to another episode of Nation Invasion. I'm your host, James Gruenberg, and also the captain of the uh, Place to Be Nation voyage here. Well, I wish I was captain. We all know who the real captain is. <laughs> um, but tonight, uh, we are on our way to SummerSlam 2001 here, and I have with me a first-timer on the, the show here, and... Uh, <clears throat> He's a very good friend of mine. He's the host of the Chicken Salad Wrestling Chicken Salad Express, and he is a frequent member on the Highway to the Impact Zone vote zone. That is Mr. Ben, how are you doing tonight? Uh, good evening, Grudy. I am doing great. How are you, sir? I am doing well. So, Ben, uh, since you're new to uh, being a guest on this show, tell me, were you watching WWF at the time in 2001? So, I... Uh, it's going to sound weird. So, I was actually... I In the summer of 2001, I was actually in Australia on a vacation. I was actually on a three-month vacation away. So, this particular period of 2001... I'm not as familiar with as as I was the later months and the earlier months. So the summer doesn't really hold that resonance for me, if you know what I mean. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, if you recall back in uh, June, uh, the uh, WCW Invaders started coming in, and then they started bringing in ECW to form the alliance yes. with WCW. And then at Invasion, Stone Cold turned on Team WWF to be the leader of the alliance. So, uh, you know, we're – and then The Rock – he came back to to Team WWF, so yes. he's basically the captain of Team WWF as yeah. well. So uh, when I was away, I was away up till just after, it was actually just after September 11th. So I remember the Unforgiven show, but mm-hmm. 
I'm sort of like this little period from like King of the Ring until then, I'm not as familiar with. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's a very uh, interesting uh, time period. Now, did you watch WCW at the end of the Nitro days? We so we had WCW on a week's delay, but it was it, at that time it was it was getting bounced around and moved around a lot. So it ended up on like one of the random satellite channels over here. But you know, it was it sort of tucked away like Friday night at eleven o'clock. So. Not in the not in the very late days. I think I I, I want to say we had it up till about August September time. That sounds about right. Of two thousand, huh? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the very last days. No, I was like the last six months or so. It was more of a passing. If I could find, you know, if I was up at that particular time, it was it was up to the case of trying to find it on the schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So um as I said, but as I said, we're heading into SummerSlam 2001. Stone Cold Steve Austin has accepted Kurt Angle's challenge for the WWF title at SummerSlam. Booker T did throw out a challenge uh, to The Rock and he puts the WCW title on the line. We're still waiting for The Rock's uh, answer. DDP still is stalking Sarah for the most part, and having the summer of his life basically right now is Rob Van Dam. So we'll see how those um, how those storylines uh, fan out here tonight as well. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, like like you say, I mean, going back, like the RVD in particular was the one that really opened my eyes. But we'll get into that. Yep. So let's dive into uh, these shows here. We are live uh, from Anaheim, California tonight. This is Raw, August 6, 2001. Recap of Booker T challenging The Rock to SummerSlam. And then we get right into the action here tonight as it is Kane versus Rob Van Dam. Kane knocks RVD to the outside. Big Boots RVD. Spinning heel kick to Kane to the outside. Kane military presses presses RVD into the ring. RVD kicks a chair into Kane's face. Flying clothesline by Kane, by Kane. But then DDP hits Kane with a chair. And then RVD has a five-star frog splash. And he gets the win, so he retains the hardcore championship. Uh, for this matchup, Ben, I want a star and a half. Here's why. I don't like that DDP, I mean, um, I don't like that RVD needs help pinning people. I feel that it makes him look bad. But again, they're trying to uh, continue this uh, DDP versus Undertaker storyline by having Kane, Kane get involved, too. So I want a star and a half. It could have been better. Uh, and RVD does not need help uh, beating uh, superstars, you know? Um, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you slightly there. I went, I went a star and a three quarters. Um, at this stage, you've got to remember... RVD to this WWF audience is new, so you know, any kind of win over a guy like Kane will do because Kane was a huge. I mean, Kane at this stage, up till you know the Kane Maniac promo in two thousand two. This is this is probably Pete Kane this year. You know, you had the, mm-hmm. you had that Rumble performance, and then you, you rolled into this entire year. Um, but I mean, I was I was so impressed with Rob Van Dam. I mean, 
you know, you, you see him, you see him doing the same moves on Dynamite today. You know, the the spinning leg drop onto the barricade, and he's he's doing it here like it's, he's doing it back then like it's nothing as well as when he's doing it today. But um, yeah, I understand why they did it, but I also totally get why you're um, why you felt he didn't need it. Yeah, because RVD is like, you know, he's standing toe to toe. He's basically on his own here. He's not like, we, you know, he's supposed to be the heel, but he doesn't play dirty. He plays yeah. fair, you know, and he doesn't need help because it's like guys like Canyon, Hugh Morris, Mike Awesome, those guys are the ones who are going to get booed. So have one of them uh, be, uh, beat uh, Kane and have PDP um, interfere, you know? That, that's fair. And plus, we'll get into it a bit later on, but the, the whole DDP stalker thing is utterly ridiculous. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a, we'll talk about that when we get to the segment later. Yep. We have a recap of Deborah hitting Stone Cold with a cookie sheet because Stone Cold has said that her cookies are terrible. Not really uh, a good thing to insult your wife's cooking, is it, Ben? I, I would say probably not. I mean, I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it was me watching this with 2024 eyes, but knowing how Deborah and Austin's relationship ended up, I, I personally was like I, I whizzed a couple of times at some of the comments that were made both on the recap and in the segments coming up. But yeah, you don't go insulting your wife's cooking, Austin. That's that's like rule 101. <laughs> but um uh stone cold and deborah do arrive together so everything uh seems to be all fine and well in the uh austin camp over there booker, booker t is at a movie audition in los angeles the auditioner makes fun of him and then, like, so th- we're going to see a lot of segments, but Booker T is trying to get a movie uh, a movie role here. Like, she goes, oh, are you the Booger Man? She, he says, no, I'm the Booker Man. So uh, Booker T is already having problems, and he just arrived on a Hollywood set, apparently. These these segments are tremendous. Like, I I remember hearing about this, but I I might well have seen it before. But I think this is the first, this is the first time I watched them all in one big go together, and it's it's that difference between now you watch the product today and you you know everything's scripted. And yes, some of the stuff's funny, but you know everything's really and but this is this felt like this you know, you knew this bit was obviously scripted, but the way Booker and the other people in the segments played it. It just felt like a normal conversation, whereas today it really doesn't. Mm-mm, no, but uh, it was uh, it's funny, and it's going to carry on throughout the night. Oh, yes. Stephanie McMahon comes to the ring. That was a shock. I didn't have that on my bingo card. But, um, you know, she says that Kurt Angle's body will hit the floor at SummerSlam. Seth says The Rock will lose at SummerSlam as well. And then she... Says the Rock versus the Rock is afraid of the Alliance and is afraid to fight Shane McMahon in a street fight. Steph brings up uh, Shane's past in uh, matches where he defeated, you know, Vince at the uh, street fight at WrestleMania 17. He defeated Big Show at Backlash. You know, he's he's been in these kind of battles here. And Steph says that Shane has Shane is a gladiator. 
And then Chris Jericho comes to the ring. Jericho has some unflattering words of, for her, says Steph always ends up on the bottom, says SummerSlam is a quickie on a hot summer's night. And then uh, Steph brings up that J- Triple H has beaten up Jericho in the past. Jericho says she has been with everyone, including the popcorn vendor in the 15th row, whose name is Louie, by the way. <laughs> Jericho brings out uh, uh, two gorillas or two men in gorilla costume. One brings out flowers and one has a box. Jericho then gets the uh, item out of the box and it is a pie and he smashes a pie in Stephanie's face. <laughs> wow. Stephanie is a very good sport. You know, she has been, she's had beer poured on her. She's taken the stink face. And now we are at the pie in the face, Ben. Uh, so, so a few things, a few things about this segment, because it is utterly ridiculous. And like a couple, it accomplishes absolutely nothing. Let's be fair. A um, couple of things. One, has there ever been a worse musical misstep than putting bodies with the song "Bodies" with Steph? Because when I when I think bodies hit the floor in real hard metal, I, I think Stephanie McMahon. I don't know about you, Grooney. Um, <laughs> no, and, yeah, and like, I mean, and like I say, Jericho, you can, you can tell these two have fun with these segments, don't you? That, that's the one. That's the one positive I will give it. But bringing out the Planet of the Apes after just for a really tedious movie tie in no and like I say there's no real punchline at the end you know there's nothing well, it just it, it just it genuinely just felt like a waste of 10 minutes uh yeah I mean the, um, the, and their feud isn't even over yet you know but it's going to continue as well uh but uh you know they just need a segment and like I said these uh this show didn't really have like a uh huge promo uh to kick off so it was like oh just put Stephanie in and we'll figure something out of her and Jericho for now yeah it, I, it it did feel a bit like they were riffing and this was this is one of those occasions where you I know what I've just said about the Booker T segment, but this is one of those. This felt like one of those occasions where you feel they, they needed, like you know, to be stricter on the time, be stricter with the with the script. And it's like there's no time for ad in here, guys. Just if you're going to do this, just go in and out, and maybe let's get let's get the SummerSlam opponent for Jericho out here to attack to attack him, but or or even the Dudleys who are coming out who are going to be his opponents later. But it makes no sense. Ah, uh, yeah, Bob. I mean, it was just one of those random but funny sketches to some people. The audience seemed to like it. They were cheering for Jericho the whole yeah, time. Maybe, 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 maybe it's me being a bitter weathered forty <laughs> odd year old. I, I might have found this funny twenty odd years ago. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Lita is backstage. Tells Deborah says she is proud of her for standing up to Stone Cold. Says it must be hard to be with. A guy like Stone Cold. Ah, uh, these words are uh, a little cringeworthy. If you knew what happened at the end, huh? Uh, well, this is. I was like, yeah, you don't know. The, you don't know the half of it, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Regal, it's a Jerry. Her backstage. 
Um, and then uh, X Pac of all people comes in and he wants competition. To Jerry says X Pac sucks. X Pac challenges to Jerry for the light heavy one. He puts the light heavyweight title on the line as well. I mean, X Pac just had a match with Kidman. How can he say he's gotten like no competition at all? Kidman was your competition, you know. So- so you can help me out a bit because, like I say, I was a bit. This is a bit like I say, I wasn't around during this. Um, X-Pac, so am I right in thinking he's basically just he basically w- wins the title and then does nothing with it for for ages until until this week. Um, like no, yeah, like he's he had a couple of like he had a couple of matches. Like he wins it from Jeff Hardy uh, the night after King of the Ring. He had a couple of matches here and there. Kidman beats him at Invasion, but the titles weren't up for grabs. And right. then they had the unification matchup between X Pac and Kidman, where surprisingly X Pac won. I thought they were going to give it to Kidman and have X Pac go away for a little bit because everyone wants. Um, X Pac, the everyone has like X Pac heat, and they're like, just go away. We don't want you anymore here now. You know, like rest and maybe bring you back. What I, what I will say though, and it work. It, it's the same point with the RVD in the first match. They were listening to the fans. They knew the fans loved RVD. They hate mm-hmm. X Pac, X Pac, and they weren't bothered about saying, "Oh, because he's with the WWF, you've got to cheer him." It's like, no, cheer, cheer who you want. It's the company, you know. But he can still be, a, he can still be a dick. It's just, you know, he just happens to wrestle for the WWF. Yeah, I mean, in his case, it doesn't matter. And again, in RVD's case, it doesn't matter if he's on the bad guy side. They think RVD's cool. Well, we're gonna we're gonna cheer for him just because you're on Team WWF doesn't mean we hate you. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So now we have Jacqueline versus Tori Wilson, Stacy Keebler in a handicap matchup. This stems from uh, Jacqueline. Um, crying because Shad on Tough Enough got eliminated uh, last week on the Tough Enough as we uh, continue on through Tough Enough as well here too. So she was upset about that and Tori and Stacey were making fun of her. So here we go. Jackie punches both women. Clothesline to and a clothesline as well. Clothesline to Tori. Tori kicks, uh, kicks to Tori Wilson as well. Uh, Insiguri by Stacy, double clothesline by Jackie, Ivory of all people, uh, who we haven't seen like for forever since uh, the right to censor uh, disbanded. Uh, she comes out and it looks like she's gonna help the WWF uh, out with uh, Jackie, but gives Jackie a DDT and then Tori gets the win. I gave this matchup a star. It was it wasn't cringeworthy, but you can tell that Stor- Tori and Stacy are really green here. You are you are very generous, my friend. I I went I went a dud on it, but only yeah. because it's literally a minute long. It's like you you made it. You made I think your description was longer than the actual match itself. And plus, <laughs> you know, JR's going on about Ivory being in the WWF. It's like, well, like you say, she was dressed like Lilith from Cheers three or four months ago. Now she's here in like all black and hot pants and leather pants. It's like. Obviously, she's turning JR. Come on, get with the program. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the Alliance has a new member, and uh, it is now Ivory. So hopefully she can uh, help the uh, Alliance women's division out, because they desperately need it. 
Yeah, well, you, you know, well, you've, you've got to think this is this is fourteen years before women's revolution. So, evolution. So, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're holding much hope out for these women's matches at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you can't. DDP is in a, I call it the shrine room of Sarah. <laughs> I've got, I, I've got, I've got the same description. That well, the, just the shrine. I think I put, I didn't put the shrine room, but yeah. Yeah, the shrine room of Sarah. He wants his Sarah, you know, and this is so cringeworthy. <laughs> it always it always blew my mind this. And you'll probably know more about this than me. He he's still married he is still married to Kimberly at this point, isn't he? So it's like and, and like you say, like even people even casual watchers who watch WCW Once in the Blue Moon will know. He was married to this banging hot woman. He ain't gonna be interested in some <laughs> rusty old biker chick. That's what everybody said. Why would you give the guy with the hottest wife ever the stalker gimmick of somebody else's wife who is like, half the attraction? Well, if like if Taker was with if Taker was with Michelle McCool at this point, or you know, not at this point, maybe or swap around, you'd be like, yeah, okay, I could, I could see that, but not 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 the Sarah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Then we have Terry. She's at WWF New York. Jim Ross asks her, um, why, how have things been going since Perry Saturn dumped Terry for a mop? And then Paul Heyman interrupts and just cuts this huge, like, promo about how the mop was more sophisticated and more beautiful than Terry was. And then he basically kicks her out of WWF New York himself, even though he's like a, like, 3,000 miles away basically he's like vamos vamos goodbye you're done <laughs> he, he made he made terry a very sad panda that night <laughs> yes he did so then deborah tells stone cold lita lita was laughing at him and then deborah says uh lita called all stone cold trailer trash also says Lita said that Matt Hardy can beat Austin up as well. So Deborah is like spreading some lies about Stone uh, about Lita just to get a rise out of Stone Cold. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, Ben, uh, you know these uh, these uh, Raw shows and SmackDown shows are basically all a lot of uh, backstage segments and uh, other oh. segments. Oh, this, I mean, every, people talk about, you know, the Russo, the sort of crash TV of 97, 98 for being like, you know, cut, 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 cut match, promo, promo, promo. But these shows, give me, give me 98 over some of these shows. You, you, you sit there trying to follow along and it's like, before you get to digest one thing, it's like we're on to the next. It's like, <laughs> give me a second. Get, let my brain sort of I will say though, you know, you got to give Austin and Deborah some credit. Like they brought, they brought gaslighting to the masses a good twenty years before it became like a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like dance puppets dance. <laughs> <laughs> Booker T meets the director. Booker does a terrible British accent. I appreciated it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was terrible. I was like, Jesus, this is bad. <laughs> then, then we go right back to... Um, then we go right back to Raw. Stephanie barges into Regal's office with the Dudley Boys. Regal schedules a tag match. Dudley Boys versus Jericho and a partner of Jericho's choosing. 
So while uh, Stephanie is uh, trying to get the enforcers uh, to beat up Jericho and take him out for humiliating her, and we'll see who his partner is. Yeah, I mean, I I love all these regal, you know. I mean, don't, didn't say earlier about the re- anything with regal and Tajiri, and I'm all over that. Uh-huh. Regal is just regal is just great. It's probably this probably behind the um, probably behind the AEW, you know, the the Blackpool Combat Club, the initial commentary. This is probably my favorite period of regal on the mic is this whole year coming up. Oh yeah. So now we have um, Tajiri versus X-Pac for the light heavyweight title. Hip tosses by both men. Spinning heel kick by X-Pac. Bronco Buster to Tajiri. Tarantula to X-Pac. Springboard to the outside by X-Pac. Green mist and a kick to X-Pac's face. So we have a new light heavyweight champion as Tajiri defeats X-Pac. For this matchup, I went two stars on it. It was good. Uh, I'm a scoosh above you. I went, I went 2.25, but I, I really liked it. It was a really fun little sprint of a match. Tajiri is so underrated. It's, it's unreal. Like what this, what the guy can do. Just so fun in the ring. You know, some of the music hits. and the X-Pac heat. I get it, but Sean Walkman could, st- you know, 2001 could still go. Yeah, he 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 has shown that he still can go. And keep in mind, he is still the WCW Cruiserweight Champion champion as well. So he still has one title left. Yeah, I, I will say I will say I will say I'm, I'm sort of um, ridiculed him a bit for the booking and stuff. But the fact that he mentioned on commentary the fact that Regal could only book you know, the light heavyweight title, he can't do anything about the WCW. I appreciated that bit of storytelling. Yeah, let me ask you that. Do you think that uh, Mike Sanders could have been the WCW commissioner? Um, they could have. They could have put somebody in there, but I just, I, I think, like, like I said in, the, like I said in that previous segment, it's just, it's just knowing when too much is, and I don't think they do. They've, they've got, they've got all these guys on tap. You know, they, they just, they're just too bloated. They just don't know when, you know, enough, too much is too much, basically. Yeah, I was just thought that um, like Mike Sanders would have been a good loud mouthpiece to uh, get his butt kicked by a bunch of WWF guys at the time, like when Chronic used to beat him up too. You know, I, I think if they, I think if they went into the stage which they could have done, a uh, uh, going with a WCW show, he definitely could have been in there. But they, they never got. You know, they got after that, that. Um, that made that main event was it in Atlanta? No, no, it was in Atlanta. You know the Blackwell Booker T match. Yep. They mm-hmm. got they just got they just did, they just got cold feet, and I can't blame them. But yeah. you know, just I'm not saying go back strip down, but just take just take your time. You you've got like all these people. Just take your time. You don't have to like force everything into one big segment. Yeah, and uh, I was also saying that um, it feel felt like the month of July for the majority part of the Alliance members was only their month to shine. And then everything basically goes back to WWF and Stone Cold. But we'll see what happens as the months uh, progress here as well. Yeah, I mean, it's like like you say, like the evasion pay-per-view happens, but then there's that many turns going on that how many WWF guys end up in the Alliance anyway? 
Yep. So now we go backstage. Stone Cold yells at Lita. Matt tells Lita to sh- Matt tells Stone Cold to shut up. Stone Cold challenges Matt Hardy, and then Booker T is then rehearsing his lines, but is also like giving out the stage directions. He's he says his lines, and he goes, "Booker, a, a stage uh, exit, stage left." It's like you're not supposed to say that part. You're just supposed to do it. So an actress comes in to. Um, to rehearse the lines with Booker, and then the actor asks if, uh, if the actress asks if Booker T is related to Mr. T. So we're back to the old uh, Mr. T uh, segment uh, that Christian asked if um, uh, Booker T at the time was related to Mr. T as well. I I, I will admit the um, the the line of yeah I got I brought your locket sucker. Popped, popped me huge. I was, I was pretty I, to the point where I had to pause and just, you know, calm down again. But <laughs> I, I need to put a request to WWE if they can just put these, just put these onto a YouTube clip for me because they're only about, they're only about a minute, two minutes long. So you only took about eight, eight minutes for the whole clip. So just, just do it. Just, just you know, and think, just make, just make me giggle. That's all I'm. That's all I'm interested in. <laughs> Yeah, and then you have the boyfriend of Matt Hardy uh, coming into play, and it's like, I'll challenge you, like, let's go. So uh, Matt Hardy being a little bit of a daredevil hero to his girlfriend and challenging Stone Cold. Well, you know, you got you got to back your you got to back your woman up, haven't you? Austin's doing the same, so why why not? <laughs> Yep. So now we have the Dudley Boys versus Chris Jericho, and out comes Kurt Angle. So he will be the tag team partner of Jericho uh, here tonight. All four men brawl, cross body to Devon, spinning clothesline to Kurt, reverse neckbreaker to Kurt. Dudley Boys go to work on Kurt. German suplex to Bubba, springboard dropkick to Bubba, lion salt by Jericho to Devon. Rhino comes in and he gores Jericho, but then Jericho kicks out. Devon misses a, a dive, belly to belly to both Dudleys. Devon, Devon counters the moonsault by getting the knees up. Jericho stops Devon. Bubba taps to an ankle lock to the ankle lock for the for the win. So Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho uh, beat the Dudley boys. For this matchup, I went two and a quarter. Um, it felt like the, the whole, um, like, all of, like, what they were trying to build up Jericho got turned to, oh, Kurt, Kurt Angle's build here. I kind of didn't like that because you were, they were trying to really focus more on, like, the Jer- taking out Jericho, but Kurt Angle comes in. All the attention basically comes into Angle preparing for his matchup with Stone Cold at SummerSlam. Um, I get that. So I, I'm the same as you. I went two and a quarter on it. I thought, like, for a TV match, I thought it was perfectly fine. But what, what it felt to me a little like is... Not, not. I don't think it was quite a house match level event, but this felt like the kind of match these four could have. They, they are such good pros at this stage. This felt like the kind of match they could just have in their sleep. They were, they were, they were all on autopilot. Like, you know exactly what you're getting from the Dudleys. You know exactly what you're getting from Jericho. And Angle is basically, you know, an ass kicking suplex machine at this point. And you knew exactly what you were going to get from him. And sometimes that ain't a bad thing, you know. No, it's but, a good like, thing. If you'd have, if you'd have maybe, like I said earlier on, if you take that Steph segment out and you give that five ten minutes to this match as well, 
Mm-hmm. They were at the races because you could quite easily have done a a thing of, you know, step, you know, Jericho saying something about Art Seven and Dudley backing him up, backing her up, but he didn't. But that's what that's probably what I would have done. What you would have done today, but these four are great together. They mesh well together, and like I say, you know exactly what you're going to get, and that ain't that ain't bad guys. That ain't a bad thing. No, it's not. So now we have um, Stone Cold backstage tells Lita Matt is going to get a beatdown. And now we have another matchup. It is Christian versus Lance Storm for a for the Intercontinental title here. Christian tells Lance his words inspired him. And then Christian asks Lance to be a part of a five five second pose and then edge comes in and he pants Lance storm and on Lance storm's underwear. It's got, um, it's got like power Rangers. So Lance storm gets, um, gets pants by edge and then the edge gets kicked out here. So little fun, dumb segment, huh? Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, the match was the match was okay. Match was like one. I went one and a half stars on the match, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, I love Edge and Christian at this time period. Um, the five second poses are a thing of beauty, and you know, I am all for offbeat shenanigans. Just bring it on. Oh yeah, you went you went one and a half. Yeah, I went one and a half too. One and a half as well. Um, it was good. Um, you know, like uh, the chops to Storm, and then like uh, Lance throws Christian into the ring post. The cross body to Storm by Christian, then the clothesline, then the backdrop. But then like um, but the end is so bad because like it felt like it was botched. But like it could have just been that like oh Nick Patrick would knew what he was doing like he sees that Lance is using the ropes like oh I'm just gonna count it anyway one two three you win and it's like dude you def- tell me you didn't really like not see that you know like it was like I know the refs will see playing blind but like even you you can't argue that Nick Patrick that was a botch you know. Oh, I I think if it was a botch, I think the commentators covered it well by saying, you know, he's a biased ref and he's not, he's going to ignore it anyway. But I'm, I'm I think at this point I'm guessing that the Edge match at SummerSlam had already been announced, so you knew there was no way Christian was going to win that match. But it was it, again, it's just too you know go back to what we said in the last match. It's just two good pros who know exactly what they're doing, and even at this stage of Christian's young career, he know, he knows what to do. Yep. So now Kane meets Undertaker in the parking lot and tells him where DDP is. Um, Undertaker tells Kane to send her to the APA locker room so she doesn't get hurt, which isn't a bad idea either because the APA will uh, protect anybody. There's there's, there's two things here. There's two two problems. One, if you're part of my language, who the fuck arrives for a show 90 minutes in? (laughs) <laughs> that should be that should be fine straight away, surely. <laughs> and two, again, I'm going to again. If you're part of my language, who the fuck tells the plan all on TV so somebody else can hear it? <laughs> uh, the Undertaker's not good at keeping secrets, apparently. <laughs> I, well, I, well, clearly not. It's like we just just reveal everything. And why don't you? Nope. Then The Rock um, is uh, backstage with Kurt Angle. Uh, Rock wants to know why Angle doesn't like him. Rock wants to start with a clean slate. 
Kurt says he knows the secret to beating to beating Shane McMahon in street fights tonight. He pulls out a glass of milk. He says, if you just drink this, you'll have no problem beating up Shane McMahon tonight. And The Rock drinks the milk. Rock tells uh, Kurt to bring pie next time. And uh, Kurt goes, oh, I'll bring, I know the best uh, place for apple pie and chocolate pie. And The Rock's like, not that sort of pie, Kurt. <laughs> um, I I thought this is great. I thought this is tremendous. I thought it was tremendous, and you know, in a, it, 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 you know, I'm I'm sure watching this at home, you know, as a young a young man, you know, a young man with his daddy, you know, might you know, he might be the grandson of a plumber, and uh, thinking one day I could be like the Rock. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I've got I've got a story to start writing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Cody's trying to write this story. The Rock's uh, five years already in, you know, so you better be ready, Cody. <laughs> it's a story with more chapters than War and Peace. It's going to keep coming, guys. <laughs> Stone Cold then tells Deborah that Lita, um, that Lita um, called Deborah stupid and dumb, and that like Lita was like, "Oh, it was a big misunderstanding." But Stone Cold turns around, it's like she called you stupid and said you didn't know what you heard and you were dumb. So more drama, adding fuel to the fire. Taker finds DDP's shrine and starts tearing it apart. Uh, now, Ben, let me ask you something. Who better than Canyon to dress up in a DDP wig and get his butt kicked by The Undertaker, huh? Because that's oh. exactly what happened. I love me. I love me some Canyon. So we've done a couple of the 99 episodes, 99 pay-per-views on Chicken Salad. And, you know, the, the one shining light we have are these tag matches with. And usually it usually is it's the Jersey triad against whichever combination of Benoit, Raven, and Saturn and Milenko there is. And that, that pretty much is the one shining light we have. So uh, when I saw him, I was like, ah, here we go. Here we go. Some some good is going to enter my life at this point. Yep. So Canyon uh, starts um, attacking Taker in a DDP wig. And then um, while Undertaker is trying to uh, fight him off, DDP comes in and beats up the Undertaker with a lead pipe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was like seeing some of these, you know, seeing some of this TV screens, some of the other stuff. It was like, how two thousand and one is this? <laughs> there's no, there's no flat screen TVs. No, you know, you're watching things, you know, DVD. You're, you're not even watching things on DVD yet. Oh no, they got VH, VHSs still, VCRs. Yeah. yeah. On, Yep, so now we have Matt Hardy versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Matt unloads on Austin to, to start off, but um, basically it's a it's almost like it's a squash. Fireman's carried a Matt right hand to Austin by Matt. Austin goes to work on Matt. Huge clothesline by Austin. Austin stumps a mud hole on Matt. Deborah pulls Lita off the apron. A stunner to Lita and a stunner to Matt Hardy. For this matchup, I want to star in a quarter. Why? Because of the aggression that is Stone Cold, the paranoia of Stone Cold and the aggression. Stone Cold was vicious to Matt and Lita, and I enjoyed it. While everyone hated Stone Cold turning heel, this is just the... Uh, 
this is what I liked about Stone Cold, the viciousness of nobody is going to take away my WWE title. It's all mine. Um, so going back to something you were saying earlier about, you know, people like the deep, the first match, wasn't it? Where you said, why, why did RVD need this? Um, why are they doing this to the guy who's the European champion and one half of your most popular tag team in the last two, three years? It's it absolutely blew my mind. I get I get why you want to show Austin to be a killer. Right? I I get all that, but there's gotta be somebody else on the roster you could do this to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um... like, like like the match itself, I mean, you know, and it he doesn't just treat Hardy like shit. He obviously, you know, Lita's just like a by, you know, he treats Lita like a piece of crap as well, basically. And the match itself is fine. It's a fine match, but it is. It's just, it's just a squash match on TV, but they didn't need to do this to Hardy at all. Now, um, I don't know why they did it. I think, uh, I even think Jeff Hardy would have been a better, uh, better idea here. Well, yeah, well, mm, I, yeah, I mean, the only, it's that thing of, you know, Matt's obviously a singles champion at the moment, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it to either Hardy because, like, like I say, that they're, they're your most popular tag team in the last two three years. And if you're gonna have the match, you know, structure the match differently. Just give him, even give him just a bit of token offense. Just not, just not this. Yeah, I know. Um, it was just like a total squash. I want to star in the quarters. Uh, it was what it was. Like I said. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got to sort it off on it, but yeah, yeah, it could have been, it could have been so much better. Booker T is now rehearsing his lines again. He screws up again, and um, he like, uh, he like is like, I don't need this anymore. I'm done with this. And uh, he's like, I'm, I'm leaving the stage. This isn't right. Like they're even telling them this is not the right part for you. He's like, what? I'm the WCW, WCW champion, and I'm going to SummerSlam. The actress asks, oh, you're a wrestler? Do you know The Rock? And then asks if, like, he's The Rock's butler because he goes, oh, well, I'm going to SummerSlam. And she's like, oh, why? Are you, like, The Rock's limo driver? Like, his chauffeur? Are you, like, his butler? And then Booker T punches the director in the face. It's kind of, this kind of reminds me of those poor, the, the poor lads who played for the, you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like, Oh, you know, you know Travis Kelsey. Does that mean you know Taylor? No, I won, I won three Super Bowls. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was a great game too. Actually, it was a, it was a really good game. Really, really, it was, it was, it was like three quarters of a a chess match, and then it just went batshit crazy for the last quarter. I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So now we have Shane McMahon versus The Rock in the main event. Shane says The Rock is going down. Shane says that he is a gladiator. The Rock says Shane might have been born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but tonight he is going home with The Rock's boot up his candy ass, which is a really great line, um, I thought. Um, so now, like I said, we have Shane versus The Rock in a uh, street fight. Uh, Shane points the kendo stick at the rock, tells him to bring it. Clothesline to Shane. Shane throws Rock into the steps. Rock throws Shane into the crowd. Rock and Shane are laying shots into each other. Rock knocks Shane down the stairs. Shane clotheslines Rock. 
that rock uh, rock diving clothesline by Shane. Shane hits Rock with a trash can. Trash can shots to the rock. Rock kicks the can into the back back of Shane to the back at Shane. Rock hits a Rock hits a can rock hits a chair into the trash can. Shane pulls down pulls down um the rock and double uh, lid shot to uh, Shane's head, low blow by Shane. Kendo stick shots to the Rock. Rock jumps up, spine buster, and then Booker T gets hits a DDT onto the Rock. But then the Rock gets up again and hits a Rock bottom to Shane for the win. For this matchup, I went two stars. Uh, see, I I I liked it a little bit more than you. I I went I gave it the gentleman three. Um, okay. But I, yeah, it was one of those, yeah, and, and they kept mentioning it throughout the night that the Rock's been away for four months, so they're not going to get. I like the fact that they didn't give him like a proper, ma- a quote unquote proper match to be with. Yeah, I think you know, I, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but again, you know what you're getting with Shane. You know exactly the kind of match it's going to be. It's going to be a bit batshit crazy. Um, and and yet you you, you were waiting for that Booker T interference, but. What we got before that was pretty good, I felt, considering, like I say, it was, it was the guy's first match for, it was The Rock's first match for three months. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now, um, as uh, we're getting off the air here, um, Booker T uh, hits a spinning heel kick to The Rock. Booker uh, Booker beats up The Rock. Booker hits Rock with the WCW title. And then Shane does a diving elbow off the top rope into the announcer's table with The Rock laying there. So Shane crashes into The Rock as uh, we go off the air from Raw. So pretty good uh, pretty good Raw here. As, you know, we see the aggression of Stone Cold. We see The Rock uh, beating Shane McMahon, but Shane McMahon getting the last laugh and word in. Stephanie Mann gets humiliated by um, by Jericho, and Kurt Angle is on a rampage to get to Stone Cold as well. So a lot is going on here. Yeah, I mean, like I, I know you guys have got Peacock, so you don't have you don't have chapters anymore, do you? On the on the Peacock, it's just it's just on the network. You just go straight to the show, right? Am I am I am I right in saying that? Yeah, we don't uh, we don't get to select what segment we want to just watch, you know. So the reason I mentioned that is because, like like I said earlier on, I, I just thought there was way too many segments, way too much going on. And so, because I'm that sad, Grudy, I went back and I was able to count how many chapters there were. There were there, would you like to hazard a guess as to how many chapters there actually were for a 90-minute program? 27. Go, you, you keep going up. You're at 31. Oh, Wow. Right, which sounds a lot straight away. You think that sounds a lot. So I'm I'm doing I'm watching the Triple H era of WWE. So I'm I'm currently at the night after SummerSlam 2022. So for the comparison, for a show that was a two hour fifteen minute program that has nineteen chapters or six an hour. Let's go, you know, six every hour. This so there you go. It's like. There's been this invasion episode has twelve more things, twelve chapters more going on, and I'm like, and like you say, there were some, there were a lot of good bits in there, but there is so much of everything else that the good stuff you you forget about because your brain can't process all that stuff going on at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, let's see what um, let's see uh, what uh, SmackDown brings us here as well as we uh, head into uh, SmackDown August 9th. We're live in Los Angeles at the Staples Center, so you know it's always going to be a good crowd when it's at the uh, Staples Center here as well. Stone Cold hosts an alliance meeting, says he's proud of the alliance, says no one can stop the alliance. Stone Cold thanks Deborah. Uh, he says that Stone Cold. Like took care of Lita for the Alliance. Stone Cold tells the Alliance to kick ass. While watching this segment, um, I noticed that Mark Jindrak was still um, using the segments for the Alliance, and he hasn't had a match, but he was supposed to be out with a torn MCL at this time, and I was like, wow, he's still here, huh? I think there's a lot of guys like that. Like like we were saying, once once he got past that initial invasion preview, there was a lot of guys who would never be used. Like just Mike Olsen just sat around doing nothing. He just 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 listened to us. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer, uh, just incredible. You know, it's like give these guys something. Hugh Morris too, but we'll see Hugh Morris tonight for a split second. So um, they're basically saying well, Stone Cold is trying to pump the alliance up to take out whoever they can in the WWF. And then we go right into our first uh, first matchup here. It is the APA versus DDP and Canyon for the WWF tag titles. Page and Farouk start off, elbow to DDP. Farouk catches Canyon in midair, tag to Bradshaw, fallaway slam by Bradshaw, tag to DDP. A DDT to Page, reverse neckbreaker to Farouk, spinebuster to Page, clothesline to DDP. Tess then comes in and... He, um, he hits Farouk uh, with a big boot, and then a clothesline to hell by Bradshaw. Tess then hits Bradshaw with the WWF tag belt, and Canyon pins Bradshaw. For this matchup, I went a star and a half, but we have another turncoat, as Tess has now joined the alliance, Ben. Well, uh, a couple of things. First of all, I couldn't even have told you the APA were the tag champs at this point when they walked out. I was like, all right, okay, they're champs. Um, and we also, have, we also have Kanye with his U.S. title belt, which, you know, the original U.S. title belt, which was lovely to see. Um, and if you're going to turn on anybody, if you're going to piss anybody off, Grooney, you ain't pissing the APA off, are you? You're not going to you're not gonna get that. Test is a very brave boy. Uh, yeah, because uh, this all stems back from um, the Team WWF thinking that Tess was the turncoat, and they beat him up, and they, like, you know, kicked him to the curb. So then he, Tess was like, well, they're going to treat me badly. I'll do something to them. So why not um, cost the APA the tag belt since mm. they were the guys who believed you were the traitor when you really weren't? Yeah, I mean, I mean, as for the match itself, I thought, I thought the match was okay. I went, I went one and a half on it as well. Um, but knowing, I mean, I kind of knew what was going to happen at SummerSlam, so I, I yeah, I was like, yeah, this, this is a foregone conclusion that the the, the APA are long for this world. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
now we have Perry Saturn versus Raven, and uh, actually Terry comes out with Raven, so I don't really call her a uh, a turncoat, you know, like she's just there, but they don't really say that, like, oh, she's a member of the Alliance, you know, but we'll see what happens. She ends up staying with Raven for like the rest of the invasion period, anyway. So we have Perry Saturn versus Raven, shoulder dive to the outside by Saturn, suplex to Raven. Clothesline to Perry, slingshot to the mop, and a fire, fisherman suplex for the win by Perry Saturn. Um, for this matchup, I went three quarters of a start. Um, I'm sure it's worse than that, but I was being like gentleman like Raven gets no offense. And number two, why wouldn't the ref DQ? Um, Perry Saturn for using the mop as a weapon. If you get fling into the mop, it's okay. But if you hit him with the mop, well, that's a disqualification. <laughs> yeah, I went. I went half a star. It's barely a match, but uh, you know, it's always good to see the moss-covered, three-handled family gridundle. I can't even say it right, but you, you know what I mean. I, I try. I can't do the doctor's Zeus. <laughs> Fisherman yeah. suplex. Fisherman suplex sounds a lot better. Uh-huh, yep. And then, uh, so now we go right backstage. DDP, Canyon, and Tess are celebrating their win. Regal says DDP and Canyon will face The Undertaker and Kane at SummerSlam in a cage match. And then we're backstage again with Regal and Jerry. They're backstage with Spike and Molly. Uh, if you didn't know that Spike and Molly were uh, still a couple at this time, neither did, neither did the rest of us, uh, Ben. <laughs> I, I'm just 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 going backtrack. I I loved I loved the casual way Regal told DDP and Canyon about the match. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> that, that whole bit was that whole bit was great. And Drooney, you've you've I don't know if you're going to mention them all at the end, but you've you've failed to mention that Arnie and David Arquette are here. I mean. Former WCW champion, for God's sake. Oh, yes. I forgot that, too. Great point out. Uh, you know, a lot of the celebrities are always in the house in uh, L.A. on SmackDown. Uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who we've seen in the past, uh, take a shot at Triple H and land it. And then we have the former WCW champion, David Arquette. He should have been in the invasion if he had nothing going on in the exactly. summer of one. Exactly, they brought out all these little contracts. They could have got. They could have got Arquette in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. So, um, Xbox comes in and cries foul over to Jerry beating um, beating him on Raw. Xbox challenges Jerry and Regal to a match, but Spike says no. I'll fight in Regal's place. So it's going to be. On uh, tonight, Tajiri and Spike versus uh, Albert and X-Pac. Now we have a hardcore title match. Uh, Edge and Edge versus Rob Van Dam. Face plant to RVD by Edge. Crossbody dive by RVD. Somersault dive to Edge. Edge uh, splits, uh, uh, splits RVD on the guardrail. Ladder shot to RVD. Leg sweep and slingshot into the ladder by RVD. Uh, hold on a second. Yep. Edge, <laughs> uh, Edge bounces the ladder off RVD's face. Lay Storm pulls Edge, uh, Edge out. A German suplex to RVD. Spinning heel kick to Storm. A drop kick by RVD. The spear to Lance Storm. 
spinning heel kick to Edge, and a concerto by RVD and Storm for the win here. For this matchup, I went a, uh, I went two stars, two and a quarter stars. This was pretty much like an insane matchup. Again, Edge has to pull out the ladder, you know. It's like, why are you pulling out a ladder for? I I. I know what you're saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you though. I went I went three stars for this. And okay. I, I I if it had gone any longer, I would have given it even more because this was just great. If it was I, I just the just these two guys who you know what they're gonna be in the next few years and they could both go and the reason they got the, the ladder is because of the you know the hardcore rules. So you know, you got you think the only thing you didn't get with the tables, didn't you? You got the hog, you got the ladder, you got the chairs, but you didn't get the. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I I loved it I, for the short amount of time that was going on. Just, just hot, just genuinely hard hitting. They were, you know, they were in all the moves on each other, and oh yeah, I was all of this, all of this. Give me this. Oh yeah. Um. So now we have um Stone Cold backstage uh, with Deborah, Chuck Palumbo, and Sean O'Hare say they're gonna make a challenge to uh, any tag team tonight um, in the WWF. So we'll see them in action uh, later tonight against the uh, mystery opponents. So, and now we have Spike and Tajiri versus X-Pac and Albert. X-Pac and Tajiri start off, kick to X-Pac's face, tag the Spike, her Karana by Spike. Albert presses Spike to the outside, power slam to Spike. Um... And then um, Albert uh, tosses Spike, leg drop by X-Pac, clothesline by Albert. Albert misses a scissors kick, to, uh, misses a scissors kick. Albert then um, splashes X-Pac, double drop kick to Albert. Molly slaps X-Pac. Albert crashes, uh, Albert catches to Jerry. X-Pac hits Jerry with the belt. A Baldo bomb by Albert for, for the win here. For this matchup, Steve, I mean, uh, Keith, I went two star. I mean, Ben, I'm sorry. I don't know why I called you two. I'm so sorry. I'm botching I've names, called, I've, been called, I've been called a lot worse. Don't worry about it. Gosh, I'm botching names. I feel so bad. Um, <laughs> two uh, For this matchup, I went two stars, Ben. Um, well, first of all, I was, in a, I was in a bad mood at the beginning of the match because... Obviously, they've not got the rights to Uncle Cracker. I was like, I was fully expecting it. It was some, it was some generic rock and rubbish. I was like, what the hell is this? Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, I give. But, but let's, let's make this a proper like light heavyweight cruiserweight match. We don't need Albert in there. Get kid, just get Kidman or somebody else involved. And ah, uh, uh, Albert's not great at this point, is he? And he, he was, I mean, he was fine. He was serviceable, but the match is the match is rightly focused on the other three competitors because they're obviously going to be, you know, the the cornerstones of that division going forward, or they should be anyway. Yeah, and it's all WWE. Like it's four WWF guys, and Heyman points out we don't we we in the alliance we don't need to uh, beat up WWF. We'll just let them do it themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Taz is like. Um, well, it's just WWF versus WWF. It's all right. We'll just sit back and we'll just kick back in this match. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 
Perry Saturn is looking for Moppy in Rico's office, and he's like, I haven't seen your bloody Moppy, so bug off. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, O'Hare and Palumbo issue a challenge to any tag team, and Regal says, am I to determine that the WCW tag team titles are going to be on the line? And they say, yes. So I was like, oh, I got a tag team for you, so we'll figure out who that tag team is. Booker T and Shane come to the ring. Shane says there's nothing there's nothing but Hollywood phonies here tonight. Shane is bragging. Even though Rock beat him, Shane is the one standing. Recap of Shane and Booker T destroying the Rock. Booker T calls the Rock a sucker. Says the Rock is the, the Rock is scared of Booker T. Booker is uh, telling the fans what he will do to the Rock at SummerSlam. And then uh, the Rock comes out. Rock, uh, Rock comes out to um, you know bunch of cheers. Rock then accepts Booker T's challenge for the match at SummerSlam. Rock, uh, Rock asks Booker, "What is a spinner Rooney?" And then the Rock basically lays down what's going to happen to Booker. He's going to give him the sharpshooter, the people's elbow, and then the Rock bottom. And then Booker T challenges Rock to a handicap match. Rock comes to the ring. Booker is beating on Rock along with Shane. Spinning kick to Rock. Rock gives Booker T a spine buster. Rock beats on Shane. Rock holds line Shane and um, gives him a rock bottom through the announcer's table. So a lot happening um, as we get to SummerSlam, Ben. Uh, the Rock has now finally challenged, uh, has accepted Booker T's challenge for the WCW title. And Shane McMahon gets the rock bottom through the table as well. With Taz just standing there looking like a goof and just watching his boss get rock bottom through the table. So if you remember on the when we were talking about the Raw bit, I was talking about... Um... Steph, you know, Stephanie promo where she's just it's just 10 minutes meandering nonsense and nothing actually gets resolved. This is like this is like always the antithesis of that. It's like, yeah, Shane, Shane babbles for a little bit, he babbles for about four or five minutes, but you after you know, so this promo achieves everything it needs to achieve. Um the match gets set for SummerSlam with the rock bottom act. They could well write Shane out. So now Booker Booker is genuinely going to be one on one with the great one. He isn't going to. He hasn't got Shane to back him up. Um, I I I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this because, like I say, there there was a definite point to where everybody hit every mark they were meant to hit. And yes, this just this was this is excellent. I really really thought this segment was good. And, uh, you know, Taz is going to have to do some explaining on why he didn't stop the rock from giving Shane the rock bottom. So he's he's a commentator now. He doesn't he doesn't need to get involved in that. <laughs> yeah, but he's also a member of the Alliance, too. So we'll um, see what, what happens there. What I, what I will say, just because you mentioned him, um, I, I thought. You know, considering he's only just started the commentary at this stage, you can you can tell like you know how good he's going to be. Taz and Nicole have already got that. I've already got that chemistry together. Even if even if some of that's in post production, that you can tell that you know there was there was a few nuggets of gold in there. Yep. So Perry is backstage still looking for Moppy. Um, I didn't know if the like I don't think this was the uh, segment with the cops. I think that's the next segment. 
That's the next one. That's the last one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Chapalumbo and Sean O'Hare come out, and they um they're getting ready for their uh, tag team matchup. When all of a sudden, the Undertaker and Kane come out. So it'll be Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare versus Undertaker and Kane for the WCW tag titles. Chuck and Kane start off. Both men go to work on each other. Clothesline to Kane by Chuck. Scoop slam to to O'Hare. Clothesline and old school to O'Hare. Taker lands on his feet. O'Hare um O'Hare hits Taker with a chair. DDT did Chuck flying clothesline by Kane. A big boot to O'Hare. Double choke slam to Palumbo and O'Hare for the win. And we have new WCW tag champions. <coughs> um for this matchup, I went to star in three quarters. Uh Ben, I really enjoyed uh the destruction of the WCW tag champions and Kane and Undertaker looked uh, vicious. Like they were like, "Let's go to work and let's win uh, some gold as well." I I went just a star on it. I thought much like much like the all Hardy Austin match. This was pretty much just a squash. But I I really do like uh, Palumbo and O'Hare. When I was watching those WCW shows, when I, when I could watch them, they they were a highlight of those of that later period. Um, but. Yeah, once once you saw what happened in the first match, you kind of knew what was going to happen here, and this was this was fine, and and again did exactly what it needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Um, so now we are back. So now, um, like just to bring everyone up to speed, DDP and Canyon are the WWF tag titles. Regal said he's going to have them put up those tag titles for the against Undertaker and Kane at SummerSlam in a cage match. But now, Kane and Undertaker are WCW tag champions. So we'll see uh, what ha- what plays out uh, as we uh, head into SummerSlam here, you know? Like, which titles are going to be on the line? Meanwhile, yeah. you have Hugh Morris and Stephanie McMahon backstage. H- Hugh Morris is going to uh, fight Jericho for Stephanie. And then now, all of a sudden, we have a matchup. It's Hugh Morris versus... Chris Jericho, Hugh goes to work on Jericho, flying forearm by Jericho, bulldog to Morris, Hugh Hugh gets the knees up on the lion salt, belly to belly slam by Hugh, Jericho puts the walls of Jericho on Hugh Morris for the win, I went a half a star here, Um, this match um, was really trying to serve its purpose of that, oh I'm going to be the one to shut Jericho up, and uh, Jericho just counters off another one of uh, Stephanie McMahon's plans. But, uh, you know, Jericho's not out of the woods yet as um, Rhino attacks Jericho, a suplex on the stage, and then Rhino gores Chris Jericho through the Ovaltron. So if I may say, I feel like Vince McMahon was like, we need a new set, pal. What do you got for me? I know. (laughs) Hey, Rhino, want to gore Jericho? I so I went I went about half a star for the match, but like you say, the ma- the match is just an excuse to get Jericho out here. It's all about it's all about that gore through the uh, through through the set, and that's one of the most iconic images of the the early years of SmackDown. And it was it was it was that good that TNA brought it back a few years later when uh, when Rhino gored uh, Joe and Monty through the basically through the. Uh, up through the through the edges at the intro impact zone, but yeah, I I just 
love I love Rhino in this time period and it was it was really good. Like you say, it's one of those that gets replayed it got replayed time and time again. <laughs> yeah, um, it was just like, well, let's take another look at what happened to Jericho. He gets scored through the uh, announcer through the stage, basically uh, through the set. And uh, SmackDown is going to have a new set. So again, Vince McMahon needed a new set. He said, "Rhino, take care of business for me." <laughs> <laughs> So Stephanie congratulates Rhino backstage. Rhino wants to finish off Jericho at SummerSlam. Stephanie says that's a great idea. Now we have Perry Saturn again. He's backstage. He calls the cops and files a missing persons report. And, um, you know, he shows the cops the picture and um, they go, what what's his person's name? Moppy McMopperson. Moppy McMopperson. You know his booty McMopperson. Yeah, and they're like, okay, we'll get right on it. We'll let you know if anything comes up. They're like, really? You call a missing persons report on a mop? Surprised Perry Saturn wasn't uh, taking it for questioning and for testing of his head. Well, I think at this, I think at this stage, people know that uh, Perry's not Perry's not exactly uh, mentally stable at this point. So um, we'll just leave him be. Nope. And now um, we are now at our uh, main event here. Uh, it is Stone Cold and the Dudley Boys versus Kurt Angle and the Hardy Boys in a six-man elimination matchup. So you have to eliminate all three guys here. Uh, Bubba. So now it's like Bubba and Stone Cold. They start off on Matt Hardy. Uh, all three men beat up uh, Matt. Sleeper by Matt. Spinning neck breaker and poetry in motion to Devon. Clothesline to Jeff by Bubba. Whisper in the wind to Bubba. Crossbody to Devon by Kurt. Ankle lock to Devon and he and he taps. So Devon's eliminated. Bubba goes to work on Kurt, tag to Matt, clothesline off the top by Matt. Bubba bomb to Matt, and he is eliminated. Bubba misses the, I call it the ass dive, because he, like, literally, he misses that dive with his ass, basically, and, like, he always, he's like, ow, my ass. So I call it the ass dive, Ben. <laughs> Swamp time bomb to Bubba. Swanton bomb to Bubba. Austin pulls the ref out. Stunner to Jeff, and he is eliminated. Clothesline to Kurt. Austin chokes uh, chokes Angle. Suplex to Kurt. Luthez press to Angle. Spinebuster by Austin. Boston crab to Angle. Reverse to an ankle lock. Bubba interrupts Angle. Bubba, Bubba interrupts. Angle tosses Bubba into Austin. German suplex to Bubba. Flying forearm to Bubba. Belly belly suplex to Austin. Angle slam to Bubba, and he is eliminated. So now it's uh, finishing off uh, with Kurt and Austin. Angle lock to Austin. Devon hits Angle with a chair. A stunner to angle and a 3D by the Dudleys to angle. So the match is basically thrown out. Um, and I went two and a half on it. Like, it's a no contest, uh, but uh, the Dudleys and uh, Austin are taking care of Kurt Angle. Uh, EMTs come out to tend to Kurt. 
Austin says uh, Kurt isn't a hero, nor is he tough. Stone Cold mocks Angle by uh, saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Brawl between the Dudleys and the Hard and the Hardies. Austin then tips over the stretcher. Angle gets Austin in the ankle lock, but is held back by the Hardy Boys as SmackDown goes off the air. What do you think of all this, Ben? Uh, see, I I I I love this. I, I'm going to be honest. I went I went three and a quarter on it. And give this an ending, and I'd have gone three and a half easy on it. Um, these six guys are the chemistry's just there. It's just it just works. Um, they they perhaps could have done a bit more with the Hardys and Dudleys to make them feel more than spare parts at times. I get that, but. Austin, Austin, Austin in 2001. I can't say enough good things about it. It's the the, the psychotic heel is just tremendous. Um, but yeah, these, these these guys have just got an innate chemistry where it just works. And like 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 I said earlier, you know, these guys could do this match in their sleep if they wanted to. Um, but there was you know big moves everywhere, suplexes being thrown. You know, seeing Jeff Hardy when he you know was young, motivated, and gave a shit was actually really good to see. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed all this. Like I say, like I say, three and a quarter, and I could have gone higher on it with a, with a proper ending. Yeah, so um, like I said, as we're hitting, we're we're hitting into SummerSlam here, and uh, you know, Angle uh, is trying to counter Stone Cold anyway. He gets them in that ankle lock, but of course, nothing's gonna. Happen, but uh, looks like Stone Cold is really taking out his aggression on Angle. So, um, like all this, like paranoia is really coming into play here as well. So, uh, we'll see uh, what transpires as we uh, get into uh, the final week before uh, SummerSlam here as well. Well, that's going to do it from us for our uh, shows of uh, Raw and SmackDown this week. But before we go, Ben, do you have anything that you want to direct the listeners to? It's it's late greeting, no, I can't, but I'm only joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, chicken salad back up and running. We are back up and running on chicken salad uh, for the new year. Um, me, it's me and Callum now, and uh, we have, we've did No Way Out Night. Uh, no, sorry. We did sold out of 97 for January, January episodes that out as we speak. And then by the time this particular episode of the Invasion comes out, we will be uh, on to No Way Out of 98. And you can also catch me every other week, every other episode, sorry, on Highway to the Impact Zone with Logan. And I just want to say, Rooney, uh, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, yes, uh, it's been a pleasure, and I'm so glad that we could do uh, this show together. As for me, besides Nation Invasion, you can find me on the Place to Be Nation Wrestling Network as uh, I uh, host Extreme Resurrection with Steve Riddle. Uh, we are heading into SummerSlam 2007, actually. So uh, all my shows uh, right now are leading into SummerSlam, where it will be CM Punk versus John Morrison, not Nitro, John Morrison for the ECW championship. So we'll see uh, what happens there as well. Well, I want to thank Ben Locke for uh, being my guest here on Nation Invasion. That's going to do it for us here on the show. show. So be prepared as we, the nation, bring the invasion.